For over a year, the Edinburgh Dog and Cat Home has operated with almost a skeleton staff, each member having to maintain social distance from the others. But they still had to look after large numbers of dogs and cats, though fewer than before the pandemic. As well here, their doors haven't quite been closed to the public, but only for pet food donations or to take in animals their owner could no longer care for. It's been a very frustrating time, but they've now recently reopened the rehoming service, a move that's had a very positive response. And according to Chief Executive Lindsay Fife-Jardine, the past year has been all the more frustrating because of the public's need for pets. Absolutely. I think pet companionship has been recognised as one of the big outcomes from this pandemic, that pet companionship brings a completeness of people's lives, a loss of isolation that might be felt from lockdown, an unconditional love that we get from dogs and cats. And a lot of them, if we think about our own situations at home, they've helped us in those very dark and low moments. And a lot of people have wanted to get dogs and cats, but unfortunately, like ourselves, we've had to be closed, many of our organisations. So people have reached out to other venues and other places to get them. And we are expecting to begin to see some dogs and cats coming to us who perhaps have been purchased through lockdown, who normal life is returning to that family or that individual, and they might not be able to cope. So there is a balance to finding that companionship. Have you seen that already beginning to happen? Some elements of it, but not yet to what we're expecting. I think that the delay in returning to the office for work, I think has offset some of what we were expecting in terms of dog and cat numbers, particularly around dogs. We're expecting to see that issue around loneliness at home, they're struggling with anxiety around being separated from their owners. It is an issue that we're expecting would come probably end of this year into next year as perhaps people are beginning to return to office locations and rejiggling their life a little bit from what has been lockdown working. I know a couple of people who have actually acquired a pet in this period and who are going to be able to continue partially home working after lockdown lifts. So from their point of view, it's actually going to be less perhaps of an issue? I hope that many employers will be able to strike that balance that will allow people to keep dogs and cats in, in their homes with them. I think that's going to be really important for particularly dogs who would struggle with their owners leaving. I think no matter how many days of the week you'll be working from home or in an office, it's really important that you start now to supporting your dog, being used to you not being there. Even if that means leaving for 15 minutes for a walk or a meeting on the phone, that can help your dog really build up that resilience to being eventually left for the very short period of time that you might be going into the office for. All dogs might not cope in the same way and it's important to understand your own animal. And I think cats are a bit more laid back from that point of view? I think cats have actually struggled to have us in the house. I think that we've seen an increase in in cat stress with their owners being in their homes. Uh, We've heard that from our vet partners that they've seen more cat cystitis before than before because of the fact that they're not used to this routine of having humans in their space all the time. Cats quite like free roam or to have their own space and and that's been challenged by the pandemic whereas our our dogs are loving it they love having us around they want to have us in the house but they're going to have a different experience as we begin to open our lives up a bit more they will need a bit of support in a different way so the cats are basically here get back out to work i think the cats are quite excited i have to say my own cats are really excited about me not being in the house every day they very much want that space so from my personal experience i've seen that as well i think um, i'm not fortunate enough to have a dog right now but 
I think it's one of those things of trying to adjust your life to make sure that dog is well cared for within the fact that we've all had to go through a very extreme situation. They're no different to us in that. So how many animals, how many dogs, cats and so forth do you have in the home at the moment? So at the moment we've got about 60 dogs, just over 60, and we've got just around the 20 cats at the moment. But we are seeing that the rehoming is so successful we're able to keep those numbers moving. A lot of the dogs and cats that do come to us still um, have a health issue. So we're having to work through that with our vets to make sure that they're as absolutely healthy as possible to get out the door. But 60 and dogs and around 20 cats is quite low for us. So we're, we're not busy in the way that we would normally be. However, we are needed in other ways. And I think the food bank is where we're beginning to see that we're able to keep a lot of dogs and cats in loving homes. I'm pretty sure the numbers of dogs and cats we're helping right now would have ordinarily had to come to our doors had they not been getting that support. So just explain the, the pet food bank to me. Please. Of course. So Paws Pantry, our food bank, was set up in 2019, became something that was in huge demand in 2020, heartbreakingly so. It was already an in-demand service, but by spring of 2020, we had a 140% increase on the uptake of need. We actually kept our doors open in the socially distanced way seven days a week to allow people to still bring dogs and cats to us and to access our food bank. Now that's extraordinary numbers, but towards the end of 2020, we actually moved our food bank network, not only from the home site, but now across 47 other satellite locations across the east and central Scotland. So all the way up to Stirling, all the way down to the borders, we have got our pet food banks out there supporting within the community. At the moment, we're helping around 1,200 dogs and cats stay in their homes with their owners, which is better for them and better for their owners and the community because those dogs and cats will help their owners recover. Just take a bit more about how this actually works. When you, you said it's in the community. So do you work, for example, with the standard human food banks? for instance. That's absolutely right. So we have in some cases people who are setting up their own pet food banks in the community and that's about them taking that upon themselves and using our supplies. But ordinarily most of the time it's through a human food bank that we've attached ourselves to in partnership and we're supplying them as they require. So it's not just food, it's bowls, blankets, leads, collars, you name it, we are giving supplies. They put order forms into us and we make sure we coordinate with our volunteer drivers to get out there to help. It's a huge demand. We reached out at the end of 2020 to say, would you need our help? Can we do anything to help? And the response was overwhelming. That's 47 already in a short space of time. We're expecting there to be more of a demand and as more food banks require support, we're going to be there to help them. Is there some sort of coordination in Scotland between, for example, yourselves, the SSPCA, the CAT Rehoming Centre in Midlothian and so forth? I would argue that there's a huge amount of coordination overall around animal welfare. We work very closely with the SSPCA and other organisations locally. We're the only ones doing the food bank side of things, but that's about us coordinating our approaches on the multitude of animal crisis issues that we're seeing in Scotland. The SSPCA and others are working on huge campaigns around puppy farming, puppy smuggling, which we do sometimes see the impact of. So we're supporting them. So I think it's about all of us coordinating our responses in a coordinated approach. So we are not crossing over each other's work. We are doing what we're doing and they're doing what they are and we support each other very much. Trouble is all this costs quite a lot of money and you're all charities and you depend on public support 
in order to keep this building going, those 60 dogs, 20 cats fed. It does cost a lot. You're right, we are not an easy industry to run because we've got lives that we're looking after. These are, are real dogs and cats' lives and a lot of the time when they come to us, they're not always in the best place and they need a lot of that support. At the moment, it costs us around 2.8 million to run our organisation and that's largely coming down to the expertise of our staff. You have to obviously have food, you have to have the right equipment and everything else that goes around animal care. We're very lucky and fortunate that we have a number of partners who support our food bank initiative and that means that we are not spending money on that part. We've got volunteers who are donating their time to get out to those food banks. So that part of things is, is very much a supported aspect, but we are constantly in need of support around our mission and, and how we do what we do. Now, that might mean that people are supporting by going to an event when we get those back up and running, it might mean setting up a small direct debit or it could be volunteering time. We are looking for support in any way possible because we have a very important role to play in the community and its response to the COVID pandemic. Their very popular events will only return when it's safe to do so. In the meantime, if you're an animal lover and can find a way to help the Edinburgh dog and cat home with their work, then, to coin a phrase, every little helps.